fancy running into you here. This is Crying in the Book Club, where uh, three uh, emotional friends talk about comic books and manga, which are also comic books. I am Emily, and I am here with my co-hosts, as always, John Luke Bobble. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. <laughs> and, uh, and Alex, how you doing? Are you 22? No, but we're on the episode 22. Uh, I'm great. <laughs> great. <laughs> I, I'm older than that, uh, much to my chagrin. Alex today not beating the snug as a bug in a rug allegations. No, I'm very comfortable. Very comfortable. Uh, Emily referred me uh, to me as teenager who just woke up. So it's very famous Andy Samberg character, Liam, the teenager yes. who just woke up from Weekend Update. Uh, is his best role maybe uh, definitely Who's to say? definitely yeah uh and we are here to talk about the marvel manga. snap we are not here to talk about marvel snap <laughs> we're here to talk about the manga witch hat atelier how's everyone doing today Ooh, oh, a, little, ours. a little bit of rhyme <laughs> keep going yeah that's good I'm doing uh, great because I'm playing Marvel Snap right now. <laughs> this is this is like the Emily plays Animal Crossing on podcast era, which I don't know if it ever ended. I only did that like two or three times. Yeah, and on a podcast where where we didn't have cam- cameras on. Yeah, so I, all, yeah, so. it's easier that way. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, Jean Luc, this is new new ground, I guess. You you Marvel snapping. I've never gamed on a... Actually, that's not true. There was one time we were recording and I was in the middle of a magic game and I hadn't finished it when the <laughs> recording started, by the time the recording started, so I finished it. He was too He was too embarrassed to tell us. And that was on the comics podcast where I had to host it. I had to host the episode too, so I did Hello the intro. Hello and fuck! Was, oh, no. <laughs> I did oh, the man. intro while I was trying to play a game of Magic the Gathering, so... That's pretty... pretty that's funny. on me. That's my own fault, though. I, oh, I'm, I I'm glad that you're comfortable enough with us now to admit that you're gaming while you're doing this like, i think i admit it i think i've told that story before but maybe, i mean maybe I, not. I just assume every time you're you're doing anything you're also magic the gathering also playing magic yeah, yeah. I'm in the middle of an apex legends game and i'm you know drafting on the other <laughs> monitor speaking of magic we're here to talk about uh magic the gathering chat atelier uh it, this is a manga by uh come i haven't actually said this name out loud yet kamome shirahama uh written and illustrated by uh it's been serialized in kodansha's seinen manga magazine monthly morning two since july of 2016 it uh it's currently collected in 11 tankabon volumes as of october of 2022 an anime has been announced, a spin-off manga series called Witch Hat Kitchen, started in November of 2019. I haven't read it, but it looks cute. Uh, I have a question. Yes. So the manga magazine is called Monthly Morning 2. Yes. Do they have, like, morning and evening magazines that, like, come out at different times of day? or is I think it just it's just a... called Monthly Morning. I haven't actually... I uh, Since I can't read japanese magazines i don't know as much about them because i don't uh i i don't 
I don't look into them as much, but most of the time when I find out about them, it's because I'm reading about a manga that is published in a magazine, but I'm pretty sure it's just maybe there's a month, a magazine called monthly morning. And then they, they came out with a, a second one. When, when I go to Japan in November, Jean-Luc, I will find that answer. I will stand there in the morning. <laughs> I will stand there in the evening. I'll see what I'll see, see if what, they're bringing out the new magazines. See what magazines show I, up. I appreciate that. I need somebody to report on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the real questions. That's why we're here. Uh, Witch Hat Atelier follows a girl named Coco who dreams of being a witch and comes to find her dreams may not be as out of reach as she thinks. What a hook. <laughs> I, uh, when I was starting this note document, I spent about 30 minutes uh, writing a plot summary that was far too long. I learned my mistake from Spy Family last time and I had to delete everything, but then I was late to this recording. So, you know, but I was probably going to be late anyway. So at least I was doing something important. This, uh, this series uh, is about obviously Coco she is the daughter of a small town seamstress she has dreamed of being able to use magic ever since she bought a book of spells from a mysterious merchant as a child but uh, in Coco's world only those born with magical abilities are able to do magic and become witches or are they that's also a good hook she meets a witch named Kifri and learns her world's most coveted secret magic can be done by anyone with the right tools. After a tragic experiment with forbidden magic leaves her mother turned to stone, Coco well, sets off with Kifri to learn the ways of magic and hopefully save her mother. At Kifri's atelier, which is like his uh, witch workshop school uh, place, she encounters various scenarios that test her growing abilities. These, these include being tricked into taking her witch apprenticeship test too early, getting unknowingly transported to a maze with a big dragon in it, practicing magic via cooking, having to work with her rival to save a bunch of regular townsfolk. I should say, Agate is not her rival, but she is Agate's rival. <laughs> oh yeah, no, she's she's got no ill, Ill, Ill will towards her at all. Um, it's like Sasuke Naruto, but it's not at all. It's it's a, exactly it's a one sided like. Yeah, it's it's very one sided. It's Agate's fault that she is tricked into taking her witch apprenticeship test too early. It's like Asuka and Shinji. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. Um, she almost right up to the, the mom being out of the picture. <laughs> yeah, well, that's just that's just manga and anime, baby. <laughs> uh. <laughs> She Parents? Uh -oh. almost gets put on trial for performing illegal forbidden magic. Uh, she helps a colorblind witch apprentice identify a bunch of unlabeled spell ingredients, and she catches a cold because her nightmares are so intense they keep her from getting adequate sleep. All the while, there is a spooky group of witches who practice forbidden magic that seem to have their own enigmatic machinations involving Coco, seemingly led by the mysterious merchant who first introduced her to magic as a child. Wow, I wish I read that. That, that is uh, the first three volumes of Witch Hat Atelier. That is the first 17 chapters. And it's sort of a bummer that we had to, uh, like, that we have to start somewhere because the story actually starts getting like kind of darker and cooler. I've only read through like volume five. So like, I'm still like not even halfway through, but um, it, it starts getting darker and stuff after volume three, but you, you know, you got to start at the beginning, I guess. Uh, so 
How how are we feeling about which hat atelier, fellas? Jean Luc's drinking, so I'm gonna say first. I know Jean Luc's waiting to tell me that he hates it. That's what I'm doing. Um, I I enjoyed it. I think uh, the first volume's a little bit a little bit slow, uh, but I just love the the background characters. I love the the, the style of 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 the art. Um, so it's it's a cool little world. There's a dragon in it that comes, and he's just he just ha- takes a little nap, and he's very happy for a little bit. And they wake him up. Um, and I really liked the, the the evil the evil background witch people, especially the guy with 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 the really cool mask. The really big cool eyeball he's got mask. He's got like a really cool design. Yeah, it's, it's a cute book. I think like it the pacing is a little bit is a little bit off, and there's like sometimes like you're you know halfway through the a volume and nothing's really happened, and then like so much happens in the second half of the volume, and I think that's sort of like isn't the best but um overall i enjoyed it yeah when i was writing the plot breakdown the first time i like had like a big chunk for volume one and then half of volume two just said they have to defeat a dragon <laughs> yeah they, they got a lot of time like that dragon was not russian at all he's just kind of like uh well i'm guarding this thing which you know kind of makes sense so all right john i didn't hate it yay so there's that there's that it could be worse no i I, I enjoyed it. I actually, I don't know. I, I It's interesting to hear you guys sort of talk about the pacing because I I honestly didn't clock that as being an issue, at least for I didn't. Me. I also don't really have that much of a problem with the pacing, but I, of all of us, uh, when it comes to reading manga, I usually have the least problems with manga pacing. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, what Alex says is true in that, like, there are volumes where just like nothing happens and then everything happens. Oh, sure. But I, I don't really mind. I didn't really mind that structure. I liked that. I actually liked that. It didn't seem like overly obsessed with like plot. The thing with this book for me is that I think that the stuff that is happening in the background off page is way more compelling than like the stuff that is actually happening in the story as it unfolds. So like the ki- the apprentices are like interesting enough and it's like the the sort of like hijinks and adventures that they get up to are fun enough but it's sort of like the structures that undergird all of that that's way more interesting to me that I wish and I get why I I it's it, it's like just classic storytelling structure of like you know introduce like a sort of likable cast of characters first and then you can use them as a lens to go more in depth on that but I almost I, I was just sort of like left wanting more of that and less of the kid hijinks stuff, which is probably not surprising for me. But <laughs> it but what is there like for what it is like I I did I did have a, a fairly good time with it. I, I have some reservations and I have some issues with it, but oh, by the end I was sort of won over by it. It, it. it took a while for me to get there. I was pretty skeptical of the first like volume and it like. I don't know, I would say like the first eight or nine chapters, but the, the second half of what we read, so I guess like chapters 10 through 17, it really won me over uh, a lot more. Yeah, and I mean, for me, I mentioned the dragon already, but that scene where you see it for the first time and they're, they're like, they like, you know, they, they get transported away using the dark magic and it's like, oh, they can't get back. And it was just a cool like adventure and the characters, you know them by that point and it felt like, okay, we're really, really getting into it now, which, which is nice. Um, yeah. I also feel like, I mean, we, I, we haven't read past volume three and Emily, you haven't read past volume five, but I feel like they're going to keep peeling back those layers and mm-hmm. get to that point, it seems like. So 
Yeah. If you guys like this, I would be extremely down to later down the line doing another episode where we read more. Uh, just to to see if like if your opinions from these first three volumes uh change over future volumes. But I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to overload us with uh, a bunch of manga to read, and I didn't. I couldn't skate on the fact that it's incredible, like Alita. When it's so, uh, it's a it's a harder of a sell, it, or it could have been a harder of a sell to say we've got to read six volumes of this. Yeah. Um, but I I'm glad that both of you seem to uh, enjoy your your time with it. the The world of Witch Hat Atelier I think is just so cool and interesting, and that's one of the biggest reasons that I I picked it is because I wanted to to see what you guys thought about it. Uh, yeah, I, I mean the concept that like oh everyone can do magic, but they don't know they can do magic is mm-hmm. is really cool, and you know that whole opening where it's like only witches can do magic unless <gasps> what yeah that's so cool. Uh, but I think one of my favorite parts is just like the cool little magical items they have and the like, contraptions. There's, there's, yeah, oh yeah. My God, there's I like the it. pod that like can make any food that's been made in it for the last two years, and it'll be um, you know, it, the ingredients like won't be bad, and soup. it's like, it's like, oh well, that's that's really cool. Or like the toilet that's just like a portal <laughs> to somewhere gonna, else, and it's like, they, where does they it have go? A toilet, and instead of like going to a waste system, it just goes out into like a void. So you're just like shitting out into the. Yeah, and like, what if you drop your like something? What if you drop something in, or like your hand goes in there? <laughs> like, are, are, are you fucked? Is your hand gone? I have no idea how it works. Or, or do you like reach in and you just feel like a bunch of like shit from like every witch in the world? Ah, like, no, don't say that. Bad, bad. Don't like that. Or the other. Don't like so, that. That's what really got me liking this this book. It's the good stuff. Uh, had you guys heard? I I assume neither of you had heard of this before. No, I didn't think so. Uh, I thought it was a French comic. Hearing just the the Atelier, I was like, oh, it has, like vaguely Atelier. French names, like too. like 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 Tintin. Oh, by Hirsch. Oh, I, I mean that that's Tonton. That's, you mean? Tonton? <laughs> that's oh, not that sounds pronounced in French. Yeah, that's not abnormal. Oh. Uh, for like in uh there like there is sort of like this uh interesting like fascination with like french and like french culture and using french stuff as an aesthetic in in manga it's not as it's not as popular as it used to be but like you see it all over in uh my my series of choice revolutionary girl utsuna uh which has a, a subtitle of uh, La Filette uh, Revolutionaire, the Revolutionary Girl. Uh, what were you going to mm. get asked, John? Uh, no, I was just going to say, like, it It definitely has a way... It, it looks way more, like, Western-inspired. It's, and, like, it's got inspired a lot of European influence yeah. in... Um, yeah, I guess, I guess Europe specifically. Um, like, it looks a lot, like, even aesthetically... If it weren't for the the character faces and some of the like ways that they do like the super over exaggerated like emoting, like you could pass it off as you know like some sort of like sort of like classic fantasy art. Like I'm thinking like Ruth Robbins who did a lot of the Earthsea covers, or like Frank Frazetta who did a lot of who also did a lot of like classic fantasy art. Yeah, like it looks a lot like that to me. Um, I can definitely see that. Yeah, down to like the the way that like the the buildings, the, the architecture, and and the creature design, and even like the costuming is very like 
medieval Europe, mm-hmm. or, or not even maybe like even pre medieval Europe, I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah. But like made modern, so you're not like dying every like <laughs> ten years. Well, you actually have magic, so you can. Well, I guess they can't use magic for healing, so I, no, I guess they're not they really can't. using magic to. Extend or I mean, they lives. could. But that's the bad. It's the bad possible, bad. but it's illegal. Yeah, I yeah. I didn't the... mention the the but one of the questions I have is about like the the gatekeeping of magic in in yeah. the world of Witch Hat Atelier. The reason that people think you have to be born with magical ability is because witches tell everyone that and only train other witches. Uh, or other, you know, like children of uh, of witch families. And the reason that this is the case is because it used to be back a long time ago that everybody could use magic. But so the history goes, uh, it was so chaotic and the world was in war all the time that the last few good witches banded together, which I, you know, I haven't read far enough to know yet, but this sounds like... Uh, this sounds like some horse shit. Um, like a false flag shit. there. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like a bit of a... Hmm. Sounds like Jedi shit. Uh, the, the last few good witches banded together and they used magic to wipe the minds of everyone in the world yeah. except good for guys them. by the way classic yeah, good guys. guy shit just um, like white people's minds what they wiped the minds of every they wiped the knowledge of magic from everyone's minds and uh only taught uh like chosen apprentices that they felt they could trust to do magic yeah. and that has uh, gone on long enough that they have built up the mythos of uh of witches and magic and whatnot but um coco manages to see kifri uh drawing a spell realizes that if she draws the spells in the magic book that she bought as a child she could maybe do magic because she also was given a wand when she bought the book and uh that is that is how her mom turns to stone and it's very sad but um, yeah, like, so they have these specific rules about magic, like you're not allowed to use magic on people, like bodies directly. Uh, you can only use it to like enchant objects or like do like elemental feats with like fire, water, earth, whatever. Um and you can't like draw spells on like directly on bodies and uh you the only magic you can use to affect other people is erasing people's minds because if uh normal people find out about magic the protocol is to erase their them learning yeah. about the magic well, it, and... it also doesn't affect people if you just erase their minds it's like whatever like yeah. the vibes are still good like the, the person <laughs> yeah. explained they're like yeah, sure, yeah there's you're like, no issue you'll be happy. i'm sure uh yeah. i'm sure that's never gonna come up again heck yeah it really is Jedi shit. Like you can't make lightning come out of your fingers, but you can like manipulate people's minds to yeah. do, you can do Jedi mind tricks to make people do what you want them to. It also a little bit, um, just the, like the whole protocol of memory erasing stuff. Alex reminds me of gravity falls. Oh yeah. With the, the blind eye society, uh, just a little bit, like it's obviously very different, but I, it, the, the similarity of like having to take people who have seen these things and, and wiping their minds is definitely what that reminded me of. 
it, it, I mean, it is kind of a classic sort of sci-fi fantasy, or well, not just sci-fi fantasy, but it's just like genre fiction in general. Trope is like the the sort of memory wiping to keep a mm-hmm. some sort of grand yeah. secret actually a secret. Or but it was created by Alex Hirsch in the year twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen, something like that. One of the, one of those years. And, and it's funny because. Uh... Another series that this reminds me of a lot, just sort of by coincidence, is The Owl House, which is on Disney uh, right now, uh, about to end. It also has a very similar, uh, like, magic is done by drawing system, sort of. Um, They're very different, but uh, supposedly both uh, the creator of The Owl House and the creator of Witch Hat have, uh, since both of these have have hit it big, uh, have, have... uh, enjoyed each other's work and i i find that very cute. yeah i mean it's it's also like it's it, it's a young it's a young character who like kind of stumbles upon that world stuff i mean only i've only seen like three or four episodes of owl house but that's as far as sort of i got and everyone's like no you, you can't be here yeah sim- you can't be yeah, doing some, this stuff some similar vibes yeah. for sure yeah i mean it's hero's journey stuff right yeah. like it's character stumbles upon a, a much grander world that they they weren't aware of before and it sort of opens their eyes to to the mechanics of how the world really work and makes them want to, you know, become engaged in that. Mm-hmm. Um, did uh, either of you guys have a favorite character? Yeah. You want to tell me? Tetcha, the good old bubbly friend who like, oh, you thanked me? Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Thanks for thanking me. This is so great. Oh my gosh. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so cute. I took so then... many screenshots of her while I was reading just being like, Tetcha's so cute. <laughs> And then she makes the dragon happy by, you know, giving him a cozy thing she to sleep. She's like, cloud. wait, wait, magic can make people happy. It's like it's it's almost like a sad moment where you're like, it made me more distrustful of like, oh, these the, the witches here. I don't know. It's like they're not they're not doing about the right things. But like, you can make people happy with magic. It's like, yay, that's so great. And just like the joy, the joy that she shares. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's just she's just the standard bubbly friend who's like, yay, like the resident pinkie pie. Yeah. Plus, I didn't like Professor Quiffery, so that's yeah. There we you go. don't like Quiffery? No, he's oh. up to something. He he gives me bad vibes. Bad I, vibes. I do not get good vibes from that guy. Nope. He's okay. He has like extreme like 2015 internet soft boy vibes. I I I do not trust that man. I think that he is. I think he is horrible. He is only, he is definitely doing some magic crimes. Okay, yeah, he's he's definitely doing magic crimes. I I'm I'm skeptical of that man. Me too. I like him. I get more and more skeptical every page. But I am, you know, I there's he's definitely there's something else going on there. I mean, I think the 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 magic crime stuff he's doing is probably actually like morally justified or at least good. Like, I don't get I don't get the sense at all that the what what are they called the the like the brimmed caps? Oh no, you're the, no not the yeah. brim caps. Um, the council, the covenant, the something. Yeah, the, the 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 people who enforce the, the laws. The good guys with guns. World, yeah, the good guys with guns, uh, or or the good guys with pointy hats, as it were. <laughs> yeah, I really get the sense that like a their rules are dumb, and b that they're they're a little they're maybe not like intentionally malicious, but I mean. Nice it's Morales. hard not to be yeah Morales. yeah which is a great great name knights morales it's, it's good yeah <laughs> uh it's extremely hard not to be skeptical of any sort of like mona- well they're not quite a monastic order but kind of a monastic order that you know 
But we also don't know that much about them so far. So right. we know that they go out of their way to keep the to keep the reality of their power. Oh away yeah, from no, I meant like else, whether you said like, them not being a monastic order. We don't really know that much about like their their structure. Just yet. like every time they're here, someone threatens a mind wipe, and it's like, guys, come on, introduce yourself first. Yeah, uh, when you have a mind, when you have a, a mind wipe ability, every problem looks like it can be solved with a mind wipe. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, as the saying goes, uh, as the saying goes, yeah. But sorry, I, I kind of hijacked this question by saying I don't. I, I think you know, Quipper's a little, a little suspicious. Yeah, but John, who you, favorite character? You have not said your favorite character. Uh, I like uh, Ajeta. Is that how you? Is that her name? The Sasuke. Sasuke. Oh no, I think the... it's Agate. Like agate? Oh really? Yeah, like like the like the gemstone. Which had a telly, and then it's just like agate. Oh. That's, that's, that's my French brain doing. Oh yeah, no, I think I think and... it's supposed to be like the gemstone, but it's just spelled different. Oh. Like agate. Okay, that actually makes sense. Yeah, I, I liked her. Yeah, I'm not. That's not. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I could have predicted that. <laughs> I like her vibes. I I like agate a lot too. She's such an intense little child. <laughs> yeah, she's she's the rival character, but it's like she she it's just she's just pure pettiness. I think it's all she rocks. Like she just hates Coco, and honestly, I kind of hate Coco too. She's annoying. <laughs> uh, so I really vibed with with Agate. I thought that I thought that she 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 had a she has she has a good head on her shoulders. Yeah, and then it's just so sad when she's, she's like, she like she has to be perfect and stuff, and it's like oh okay. You go, you, know, you I, go, I, kid. I also really, I, I don't know, like, I'm not, the reveal that, like, she comes from, like, a, a powerful family and was sort of, like, a disappointment, and so, like, that's why she is so eager to prove herself didn't really surprise me yeah, when it happened. It, it's yeah. pretty, per, like, you could just sort vibes. of, like, look at her and know that that's what her <laughs> backstory is gonna be. <laughs> I didn't peg her as having like that exact backstory, but some sort of like traumatic something similar, you know. Where, yeah, but it's it's it, when it happens, it's it is really a great it is really a great moment that you know sort of you're, you're just kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop, and when it draw it does drop, it's uh, in a really effective moment when she is like completely frozen in her her inability to do anything. The other and then special little girl Coco solves the fucking problem. <laughs> Who's your least favorite character, Jean-Luc? You don't mind, mind me asking. Coco. Whoa. Tell me how you really feel. Damn. I like Coco. I, I'm not surprised that you do. I just... Like to me, it's like... I, I, it's not a bad thing that I dislike her, though. No, I like, get I, it. I, I, I will say that. Like, I, I think the book... It's like a... I didn't particularly expect you to like her. Yeah. For, for me, reading the book, it's kind of a twisted, like, what if we the antagonist was the pov character and i i enjoy i enjoy stuff you know a little bit of an anti-hero Tetra is the is the main character first of all well that's yeah, yeah. not true no it is <laughs> and let, I'll, I'll explain it to you for the next half an hour okay go go for yeah, it go for it give us your thesis okay so there's a big dragon right and the dragon's vibes are off right the dragon's like oh, i'm a dragon rah, rah, rah. and Tetra's like what if we give you some nice pillows? And the dragon is like, oh, that's kind of nice. Thank you so much. And then, bam. That's cool. Therefore, Tetcha. I guess Tetcha, I guess that is kind of the root cause of what happens later when uh, Coco accidentally, you know, 
in a in brutal fashion disrupts the ecological balance <laughs> of the ecosystem yeah. by turning a river into sand. Just like completely fucks all the crops, all the all the oh, livelihood, yeah. everyone all there. The, think of all the fish and otters and other river creatures that died. I mean, in her it is genocide. her, but it isn't. Like she was, she was given. Uh, she was seduced by the dark side. She was, she was given ink that uh, had bad magic in it that she didn't yeah. know had bad magic. I, in it. I know, I'm, I'm, I, I know, I've said it already, but I'm saying this more of by, the ink. by way of explanation for like the audience and not and not necessarily uh, for, for you. Right, Jack. right. We, we we read the book, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which hopefully you guys should have too listening, but you don't have and to. And if you haven't, you should. It. It's really cute. Yeah. I like it. But the, yeah, I, I just love the, the design and the vibe of the of, of the quote unquote bad guy who's just like, ah, we're gonna we're gonna do this. She's the chosen one or something, mm-hmm. and we're gonna ah the puppeteering and yay, and he, you have our ink bottle. And then I just love the scene where he like where where, where they kind of like jump in and then they steal the ink bottle from Quiffery and then just pop right back out. And Quiffery's like, no. That's the ink bottle I needed. Yeah, it's really good. There, there are a lot of really cool, like very like grandiose, like full page scenes in this manga oh, yeah. that I I quite enjoy. But yeah, like uh, more on the the art. Well, what, John, what were you gonna say? No, no, go ahead. I, I was gonna I I was gonna like segue into another question. So if you had another thing about the bad no, guys, no, no, go for it. Okay, um, what just in general, like how did you guys feel about the art? Uh, like, see, and it works out because I was gonna about to say something about the art, and I suspected nice. that's what the question you were gonna ask was. Do a podcast together. <laughs> uh, no, I actually I think the book is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, it like there's so much intricacy and detail in a, in a lot of these pages, and even like some of the smaller panels, it just constantly like you can really tell this is a monthly uh, manga and not a weekly well well yeah yeah because it you know has like the you know the level of detail that you would think of that i would think of as going to like Amer- western comics that are you know on a monthly publishing mm-hmm. schedule and i and i think that like it it, it really helps with, with a book where the setting is so important to for 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 the for the artist to like i guess have that extra time to really be able to to develop it and flesh it out yeah yeah a lot of the scenery is so lush oh yeah again that shot with the dragon where he's just like hovering around the architecture there and it's just like this is really pretty oh Um, yeah i like very vividly remember the first time i turned to that page and being like holy shit Yeah, yeah, and, and I love the little like explanation stuff they do. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's like it's in a little uh, notebook that's like hand drawn. It's like oh, like this is this is the wand, and this is like the, how you do a sigil, and and all that kind of stuff. It really felt like it was like oh, like you're reading a companion inside the manga too, yeah, which is neat. No, I, I I thought that was a really cool touch too. The like inserts that were doing a little bit of explaining for things that aren't like directly plot relevant, but mm-hmm. you know, it's helpful information. Yeah. Have. I like it because that you don't have to slow down the story to have characters have the dialogue that explains all of that for you yeah. to get it. Even though they still do that. Well, yeah, but, they, but you don't not... have to do it like as uh, like, you don't have to do it about everything and you don't have to do it as in depth. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're learning alongside Coco too, in a way that feels somewhat natural where it's like, Oh, like how do I do this? Or like, it kind of works there with the, with the whole teaching thing going on, which is neat. 
Yeah. I felt like I was learning, but then I tried drawing the runes and nothing happened. So no fire? Cringe. Yeah. Did, did you like. You don't have to write ink. Oh, oh, that too. True. Also, I'm bad at drawing, so that probably didn't help. <laughs> so is Coco, <laughs> but, you know, she practiced. She's getting better. Yeah. I'm nothing like her. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys think about the writing? I know we talked about some of the pacing. I can't. Okay, so I have a few things on the writing. First of all, okay. we keep coming back to this dragon sequence, and I, and for good reason. Like it is like the first like really mm-hmm. like big like suspenseful scene. Well, suspenseful. I guess it's suspenseful until like the characters open their mouths and start Marvel style quipping at each other for like forty pages. Yeah, which is it's for me like the pacing isn't necessarily the problem there. It's that like. All of the, and I get that, like, this is probably, like, written for 12 year olds. Not that there's anything wrong with I that, but like. I would say it's probably written more for, like, you know, 15 year olds, but I mean, you're not that far off, but. It's for teenagers. It, but yeah. it is, it, like, it's a Seinen, and Seinen's for teens. Okay. Teens, yeah, young, like, teen, young adult. It, it just pulls a lot of the tension out of those those scenes. At, like, the, the dragon scene, especially, like, just has the. It goes from, like, this big, like, cliffhanger at the end of i think it's the the last uh issue of what would be volume one Mm -hmm. and then it like picks up as like this really tense scene at the beginning of volume two and then it just like saps all of the tension from the scene and that it's interesting because like that doesn't happen in the river scene which is like i think the next big like moment where the characters have to prove themselves and you know have a real challenge in front of them and in that scene it doesn't do it as much so i think it also helps that uh in the river scene you have less like it's not the whole group like a lot of it is just coco and agate having a you you don't have the hangers on yeah i would not call them hangers on but (laughs) no but i mean it genuinely like like there are times where it devolves into like that sort of quippiness that i think is rough and i I don't disagree the other issue I have with with the writing, and I think this is more of a translation issue, is that the characters don't always talk in tones that are like conversational. Like a lot of the time, like the the vocabulary that they use and the syntax of their sentences is like what I would think of as being like more formal or a- almost like academic in a sense. Where, like, they have, like, these, like, longer sentences that are constructed in weird ways that don't sound conversation that don't sound conversational in my head when I read them. Um, this is an issue that, like, Alita had this, too, and I just sort of chalked it up to her not at, to, like, her talking like that because she's, you know, not fully human uh, and a robot. So... It- it was just like it was just a weird thing, but it wasn't in it. But it wasn't an issue in like in like Spy Family. So I, I but I, so I, I'm not sure if it's just like if that's like the way the book is written, or if it's just like a translator who's trying to like translate literally from the from the Japanese, but not localize it. So sorry, what we're, we're... no, but, but fantasy can kind of be like that sometimes. Ye old English. Like where are they Well but it's not even like old English. I, right? like, like, I, I guess I didn't really notice as much of what you're describing. Uh so like I don't necessarily have a, a point of comparison, but I you know, I uh obviously I believe that that was your experience with Yeah, that. no 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 no. I, I I don't think that it's I don't even think that it's like typical to fantasy though, because like yeah, like there's a 
there is a, a, a way of like writing fantasy characters uh, and like love like knights or wizards that will talk to each other in sort of like heightened formal tones, mm-hmm. right? But but then the, it, it can almost like it's it can almost, like those characters will almost like code switch when they're in like more conversational uh, settings and contexts where they'll they'll talk more and not exactly like you would expect people to talk like in 2023 or mm-hmm. whatever because you know there there is a, a certain sense of like history to the to, to it that like they want to yeah. keep it somewhat period accurate accurate um but they, they still like move from like those sort of like formal tones to some to speaking to each other and more you know in ways that are more conversational and i guess you wouldn't which... expect someone like coco or even like tetcher or i mean like i get maybe would be a bit more like you know nobility and like a bit more like you know saying things like really long and drawn out like that but i feel like for Coco and Tetcha, it feels a little bit, a little bit out, out, out of character, out of place. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely was just one of those things where it was like I, I just couldn't stop. There, there were just so many times where like it felt like the dialogue was just like weirdly awkward, uh, and and it, it was just like you know it wasn't like consistent. It wasn't like the whole. It wasn't like every line was written like that. But it, it's the kind of thing that I like genuinely do think is like a translation thing more than a writing thing just because it 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 doesn't sound like it it sounds like japanese that's translated literally into english rather than like fully localized i guess yeah i i imagine that uh with something like spy family because it's a comedy sometimes i think they're a little more casual with the way that things are uh translated not not to imply that it's like incorrect but like they like i think maybe with something that's a little more complicated like this they just might have a different approach to to the translation uh you know for better or for worse uh i don't know uh, you know i i have a little bit of of knowledge about translation but not not a whole lot so yeah it's probably just a difference in uh like the approach they're taking to to translating the sentences so did we have anything else to say about the writing or uh, is that kind of i it? mean i said it earlier just like the pacing of some of the some of the chapters but mm-hmm. I, I think it does also get better as you get into the second half of the of the of the chunk we read mm-hmm. um so yeah it didn't really it, like with it was a never lot something of my- where i was like yeah. Oh no no no! You go and I'll. No, and it was never something that I was like, oh man, like it was it was it was noticeable, but it wasn't like frustrating. If that makes if that makes sense on that yeah. end, but. Um, and like yeah, with a lot like of the second half, a lot of serialized work, you know, like it gets better as it's going because like you actually get, you like you get better at doing it, and you have like a better developed idea of these characters the more that you're you're writing it. So, I guess that makes sense. Um. What did you guys think of the magic system? John, you, did you... I don't think you actually tried to draw any runes. No, I did not actually try to draw runes. That was a that was a joke. No, I, I, I like the... I, I thought the magic system was cool. Again, it's like... It's one of the things that I found more compelling about the book was the that it's... The system of magic that undergirds the world is really interesting. That, like, they they have these capabilities to do the, like everyone in theory would have the capabilities to do these fantastic things. And they, you know, try to hide it away and keep it away from, from people, which like the history of that, I guess, like there's some logic to that. Um, but I do like how, you know, 
they have to go to such lengths to keep it hidden because it is so easy at the end of the day that like most people could do it. And it makes it almost like there's a, there's an almost like ridiculousness to, you know, when people come to the witches and are like, Oh, what you, they, they tell them like, Oh, what you do is so amazing. Or like, they're like frantically like, you're the only ones who can help us. And, uh, when you know when you're in on the joke you kind of like look at those people and you're like oh my god this is kind of embarrassing for you but obviously they don't know it's it's just like a but it is really interesting like there's a lot of like consequences of that of you know keeping that degree of power and sort of using it like i'm really interested to see like how it ends up being used like deployed to sort of like exercise control over over people too because like you have to imagine that you know, part of the problem with magic was that they couldn't control, like they couldn't control its use when everybody knew about it, and so they had to sort of they could regulate its... it as much. yeah, yeah. Mm. So they took it away from you know ninety ninety five percent of people or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and w- w- the the story is obviously from s- told from a very like small perspective at the beginning, like it's a very just like small group of characters. Mm-hmm. But I, I am interested to, see, like, I'm really interested to see, like, the ways that the witches, like, the influence that the witches sort of wield over the world outside of what we saw here. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you have mm-hmm. to imagine it's pretty drastic when they can do things that, you know, are, are unfathomable to to, yeah. have, to the normal people. And it's like a very classic, very literal, like, oh, knowledge is power. It's like, and you know, yeah, yeah, totally. we're going to wipe your mind if you know too much about this. And if you learn that anyone can do magic. um. Which like do you, yeah like do you want every single person to be able to do magic? It's like well that could be dangerous, but at the same time like if magic can save people's lives, then like is it wrong to take it out of people's hands and not give them the option? And like it's yeah it's very cool world building in, in using the magic system. Um, I, I I imagine they explore more in future volumes. What I find really is. interesting is the way that you can kind of like mess with the the sigils and stuff to get different results i think you know like because each sigil is composed of like basically three different components and the way that you like you can alter those components to like make the spell kind of do different things and sometimes if you don't draw everything correctly it can also lead to uh to bad mishaps and stuff and i just i don't know i think that that's kind of neat it allows them to experiment with uh the way that not just spells but the way that they do spells and combining spells um it it makes for a great beat in the story too where coco like coco doesn't know that and so she fucks up a spell by by drawing the lines wrong and then when she's in her first trial in the in the Dada Mountains, like she actually uses it intentionally to amplify a certain part of like the wind spell so that her her boat can you know sail more effectively. I I I really like I really like that beat in the way that like that. And then they go back and continue using it later. Like I like the way that like there's a lot of really effective like Chekhov's gunning of stuff like that and like the sand spell that like they use to make a bed for the dragon to sleep on that then comes back to like turn the stone that somebody is trapped under into sand. Uh, I, I love the way that like, I love the plotting of that in the way that like everything that like seems like it has one purpose sort of comes back and is used in different ways later on in the story. Uh, 
it's it's really cool it's like it's really cool especially because the magic that they have the rules they've imposed on themselves do kind of limit the ways they can use the magic um you have to imagine some of the situations they'd be in would be way easier if they could just use magic directly on people or have sigils tattooed on themselves so mm-hmm. that they could just have access to it yeah. all to- all the time um yeah but it makes for like fun storytelling limitations and, and some and, of those. And then like by that same token, it like really shows like, you know, the sand of the dragon. It's like, okay, like it worked out well. No one was hurt. And then like they do the exact same sort of thing. And it's like, oh, you destroyed the ecosystem here. Maybe you guys shouldn't have magic. Maybe it's not a, you know, great thing that like, oh, like if, if that's the power of a simple like sand spell, like what's one that like, oh, fire or something like that. There is that fucking cool ass sword that can cut through water. Because it has all those teeny tiny water sigils on it. Mm-hmm. So cool. Some of the contraptions are so fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it's cool that like water, like um, water is so effective against spells because you need the ink to be able to write it. And you mm-hmm. can't like do that when there's like water around. So it's like, oh, wow. Yeah. It's like more more powerful than fire even, which is, you know, you don't always see that. Yeah. Unless you're avataring. <laughs> yeah. I, I also think that's very cool. Um, there's sort of a, an, an undercurrent, uh, like a, a thread through this story about, um, like accessibility in education. Um, it includes, uh, I mentioned a, a colorblind character, uh, who has something called silver wash where like basically his vision just kind of looks all like gray and silver. So, uh, there are a lot of aspects of magic that uh, are inaccessible to him because witches just see him and be like, oh, well, he's got this disability, so he obviously just can't do the things that we can, even though if he had some accommodations, he probably could. Um, And also just like the accessibility of teaching magic in general, the way that it's kept away from uh, from like the the regular populace. Like, what did you guys uh, think about that as like, how do you how do you like, do you feel like the story handles that well? Um, What was your what was your take on that? I mean, it's sort of intrinsic to to the to the story, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's setting up this conflict of. It is setting up. It is. It feels like it's coming. It's setting up this conflict where, Matt, like keeping magic from people is ultimately going to to lead to some bad stuff. Some bad shit. I assume is is what it's setting. Is sort of like the path that it's going down. Probably. I haven't gotten and that far. When you come to when you design a, a your your social structures uh, around like. The, in a way that's like exclusionary of on one axis of like oh well only we can have access to to magic it turns the magic it, it, system into a class system yeah 100 oh, percent. Yeah. and like that's everyone always, can sorry go ahead <laughs> no i was just gonna say like that's always going to come with like you know knock on effects if you have to develop like you're going socially you're going to develop like other sort of um you're going to ex- start excluding other groups and start developing prejudice prejudices against other groups as well. So mm-hmm. yeah. like if only certain people can do magic, like you obviously have, you know, by their own logic, you would obviously have to start excluding people who like 
can't do magic well and, and you can use it sort of as an excuse to, to sure. keep them out. And I'm sure that, that there's a number of excuses. Agate try, that's what Agate well. is doing when she sends Coco off to, to die, to, to die, to, to do her <laughs> yeah. ship test uh, yeah. before she's ready, before she knows what she's doing is she's trying yeah. to, she's trying to weed out someone that she sees as inferior to herself. And it's like, yeah, you're, you're like not one of us. And because, I mean, anyone can do magic, but like the people they literally who know call that people are who like, can't do magic outsiders. Yeah. Yeah. And, but it's like, technically anyone can be a witch. So, but it's like a weird, like monastic, like, like, like you said earlier, where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, but like we, we know that and we control that. We don't want anyone, we, we don't want everyone to do it. And is it like, well, is it really for the better of everyone? Which of course we've been talking about for, for a while. And that's like the main, the main thing in this book, mm-hmm. it seems like, um, but yeah, hopefully I'll die. <laughs> in general, how did this, uh, measure up with your previous experiences with manga? I, I mean, the three that I think we've read, what, three, four for this show? Three. Three for three. this show, yeah. Like, yeah. Alita, Spy, Spy Family, Family and this. And, this. and then on the previous podcast, we read uh, Beastars and Doro Hidoro. And Princess Jellyfish. And, and Promised um, Neverland. Promised Neverland. Yeah, I'd say it probably falls near the bottom half of the stuff that we've read, and definitely the stuff that we read for this show. It probably it's 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 pretty comfortably in third, um, which isn't so much a a negative on this one, but like Alita was really good, and Spy X Family was really good, and sort of vibed with me more. Um, at, at at that same token, I do want to I do want to read the next volume and see like where, where this goes, but um, yeah, just not as not as overall well executed in, in my opinion and yeah, as it, enjoyable. So. It's not. It- not as though it's the worst it's just the least best yeah yeah and and, and like the other series i feel like they have more stuff where like you're interested in what the characters are doing and that sort of journey and like the background stuff is there and it's like interesting but the main crux is what is what is actually going on in this one that feels like we haven't gotten to the great stuff yet um and i hope we do get to that great stuff but by this point the other ones had already had already uh reached that so yeah, this this kind of slots in with a lot of what we like the the books that we read for for the old uh, iteration of this show, where it's like it's good. I there it it has problems, but it's 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 a good comic. I would just very firmly slot it into the, like the lane of stuff that like I don't really care for that much, even if it's like it's just like yeah, you know, this is for a different audience. This is for like a younger audience. It's not as interested in like. You know, it's not as interested in, in things that, like, Alita, for instance, is interested in, which feels way more like it's, you know, into, like, it, its themes are actually more written for... And I know that it's... it's Alita is still, like, not, like, you know, what you would say... It, it is still for, like, teenagers or whatever. It would be the target audience. But, like, it has much more interest in, in, in you know, the depth of its characters and, and the thematic content is much more mature, I would say. Whereas here it's, you know, like, yeah, like it, there's stuff that interests me. There's stuff I'd like to know more about, but it does end up reading very much as like a young, like YA or, or, or kids material, which is totally fine. It's just not, it's just not as compelling to me as, as some other stuff. I would, uh, I would argue minorly with the insinuation that witch hat is not interested in the depth of its characters i feel like we we are getting like we just are only uh in like the first 
like so far there's 11 books so we're like very very early and i think uh it's i think there is a lot of laying the seeds for deeper character uh invest or uh deeper character exploration as the series goes on no totally he's just paced differently I, I guess what I mean by that is more that like, yeah, like it is interested in the in the depth of its characters, but but it's it's it seems like it's interested in them in the way that like and I, I don't I, I don't really wanna like discount children's media, but it's interested in the the depth that like you can have with like a, a something that is written for a younger audience. Like and I and I think that it's I'm not saying that as like, oh, it's like, you know, treating the audience like they're idiots or whatever, but there it does feel like it's like, you know, not going well I, I, like like at least at the point where maybe it is like just a pacing thing that like it's 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 taking its time and getting there but the characters are younger like it and maybe they get older as the story goes on i, I don't really know but uh it, it just doesn't feel like it has like 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 just like the the characters just fundamentally aren't as interesting or compelling to me in the things that they're, you know, dealing with or going through as, as characters in, in other books. Mm -hmm. So. Alex. Alex answered the question. Oh, I got so into, uh, I forgot Alex had already answered. It's good. It is good. No, I'm not, I'm not detracting. No, that's fair. Um, they, they are going to be making an anime. Um, do either of you think that you'll try to check it out? I think, I think, uh, the anime could potentially help with the pacing issues I had in this, where it like could make it move a little faster. But yeah, when you when you're adapting, you can kind of iron out some of the the things in a story that may not have worked as well the first time. Yeah. So I don't know. I'll give it a shot. I'm definitely gonna watch it. Obviously. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I I was surprised when you said you've only made it to volume five because I thought that this was something that you were way more into. No, but... it's I like it a lot. I just like have to be, because I'm pay because I buy them. I have to uh, limit how many I I get at it. <laughs> so you bought the five volumes? Yeah, I've paid for all five oh, volumes of this. Okay. That yeah. I've read. Well, like, for like after reading this one, yeah, <laughs> that too. Uh, no, uh, after reading this one, I probably wouldn't go out and buy it. Like with with Alita, that's something that I want to buy, and Spy X Family is like maybe. Um, but as it stands right now, it's something that I'm happy to continue reading, getting that, mm -hmm. and then, you know. Yeah, I like. I really feel like there is something there. There is something here that like is compelling to me with the. Uh, like the the order like and i've said this already but like the ordering of the world that like i want to know like when it gets to that point like i do want to read it i just it's just it's just a hard sell to like read a million volumes which i i'm like i i feel like such a hypocrite saying shit like this as someone who's read like probably literally like thousands of batman comics in my life but like it's <laughs> Those are all good, John. Oh, really totally. Good. They're all every single one of them is better than Witch Hat Atelier for sure. Tom King's gonna be on our show in two weeks, by the way. Heads up. <laughs> no, I check it out. I, I don't know. It's just it's it it it, 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 it asks a lot of me. Like I am like I it, it it's not that I'm not interested in it. It's just like it's it's daunting to like it's daunting in the same way that like yeah like for a lot a lot of people talk about like getting into superhero comics is daunting because you look at it and you're like, holy shit, there's 22 volumes of this. 
But then it's like, I'd probably read it and I'd read it all in like three weeks or something and it wouldn't be that big a deal. And I'd get to the stuff that was interesting and I'd like it. So, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know exactly how many uh, how many chapters are out right now. Uh, just off the top of my head, I was trying to find it while you were talking. Eleven, I thought was it. No, said? that well, that's volumes. I meant like volumes. Chapters. Oh, chapters, like, sure. Because um, we read we, we read three, and that was seventeen. So yeah, a okay. lot. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, I found. Uh, oh, well over a hundred, I would assume. I, right. I found the wiki. Like the the fan wiki, um, it is up to as far as the uh, up to ch- uh, volume ten was chapter fifty eight, and this doesn't oh. have the chapters listed for volume eleven, even though it came out last year. That's, that's so. less than I thought it would be. Maybe I'm just bad. Well, at they're, math. no, they're long. They're long issues or they're long chapters, uh, as John <laughs> complained in our group chat. Uh, <laughs> It wasn't necessarily a complaint. I was just surprised because usually, I mean, I, I guess it's another th- it's another thing with like this is a monthly oh, yeah. manga as opposed to like weekly, yeah. mm-hmm. where like th- the fir- these issues are like the length of what I would think of like oversized American mm-hmm. comics of like oh yeah it's yeah, like like a sixty page. 40 I mean, page, yeah. like they're like thirty or forty. I I will say again that yeah. uh manga tends to have slightly more pages because the pages themselves are smaller so you have less half right. each page yeah. so there there's like a, a slight like it's not that big of a difference but it could you know like if you were if you were comparing like the amount of like total content versus like just literal page number sure no, no, that, that's not true. I will say, in terms of page layout, though, even, this felt... It's weird how much this felt like a, a Western comic to me. Oh, sure, yeah. Like, in terms of, like, the like the page layouts are feel way more, like, American comic-inspired than... Uh, manga has a lot of... Like, this. these pages feel like they're, spa- they're, they're spaced, like, to have, like, six-by-six six panel grids rather than, like... What I think of manga is usually having, like, four-by-four. Four, just because of the spacing on the pages and i don't know if these pages are actually bigger but i think it's just, just a, i think is... it, i think it's just a different in the the use of the page like be, yeah. like we've said because this is a monthly comic versus a weekly comic uh so it's just yeah. you know like you have you have a little more freedom to to do pages in that way than uh, and you also can't fully tell reading it digitally right you lose some of the like literal size of the pages sure. when you're reading the digital yeah. version yeah um yeah but yeah i guess um i didn't really did uh you guys have any questions i didn't have any more discussion questions written down uh or did you have anything else that you wanted to uh bring up before we uh it's uh it's cool to be reading a monthly one and just seeing the 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 change it does with art because all of my experience with manga have been ones that are weekly or you know bi bi bi-weekly and stuff like that so it's nice for it you know that that part of my head to like be like no 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 it's it really is about the time even though i know that but mm-hmm. um you, you can really see the difference in this one yeah i i really I, like just to pay back off of alex's point i really did love the the visuals in this book and the, and the art like they're like 
there's just so many just striking like imagery of like the of, of nature and the the architecture and the buildings it's it's gonna be difficult brilliant. to pick uh screenshots for our twitter post for this episode i Dragon. mean yeah, there's Dragon. there's so much that just looks fantastic mm-hmm. um and I love the. I also really like the costume designs too. Oh, I love the, the character like designs. The, the, the big robes and the and and the the pointy hats. Like the pointy hats at first are a little bit goofy, but I actually came around <laughs> to. I actually really came around to liking them by the end. And I love the explanation for the cloaks too. That like that they you sort of give like offhand that like oh they have these big cloaks so that the the witches can like draw beneath their robes so people can't so see cool. so and cool. i i love that that like that like there's so many things about like the mechanics of of the magic in this world that feel like the world feels were... very like meticulously like plotted yeah oh, totally like it's and, really well thought out and like for it to be a way that like like if anyone can really do this, they have the stuff. It has to be a lot of like safeguards in place that people don't stumble upon it, which is, yeah, seems yeah. nicely thought out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they definitely like the world building is, is really, really well done in this book more than anything. Um, and that's what I wanted I, you guys uh, to see. So uh, yeah, mission accomplished. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's overall it's pretty good stuff. I, I I enjoyed my time with it. I and I'm being hard on I've been hard on Coco, but I do actually find her fairly charming. She's she but is she's like no a fu- Anya, but she well she's definitely <laughs> not Anya, but no she's a she she is a she is a fun character, and I I do enjoy the little like she's a very typical like plucky protagonist girl, and I say yeah. that like that's not an insult because I love typical plucky protagonist yeah. girls. Yeah, I yeah no like it, it it's a it's a decently executed version of of that trope. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, do you hear that sound? That's the Doomsday Clock saying that it's time for our first ever cry space. Uh, this is a new segment that we're trying out in 2023, where we uh, highlight one thing this week that made us cry because we are crying in this book club. So. Uh, John, what's something that made you cry this week? Um, so listeners will remember that maybe last episode or two episodes ago, I talked about briefly about uh, watching the live action Titans television show on HBO Max. I do believe that was last episode. Uh, okay, I, I thought it was last episode, but I I, I couldn't be a hundred percent sure. Uh, I finished season one and actually like mostly came around to enjoying it despite the first two or three episodes being a train wreck and i was like damn okay this is actually kind of good maybe it's like hitting its stride finally and then i got into season two and immediately was struck by two of the dullest episodes of television i think i've ever seen (laughs) unfortunate and that was a a huge bummer after a show that i thought had made like big strides in the in the first season to sort of go back to just like being really fucking boring (laughs) um it's 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 hard to make like teen titans stuff boring with you know it's got a lot of my a lot of my guys are there dick grayson is there jason well jason todd's not really one of my guys but you know raven is there beast boys the i like beast boy uh wonder girls around starfire's there like a lot of characters i really like and they made them how they made them uh i know that i because i haven't watched it but when it was first uh 
when like images and stuff were coming out, people were not hot on that Starfire design. How did you feel about like how she looks in the show? I know that I don't want to drag this on too much, but I like am curious about that. Okay. I I didn't like it when it was first released because it looked like they weren't making her Tamaranian. But she actually is. She just, because normally starfire isn't doesn't ever look human like she always has like she's always has the orange skin yeah she doesn't she doesn't like try to blend in with humans really mm-hmm. the narrative device that they used for it is actually pretty good in the end it's it's like not a problem and they do she does become orange uh not most like she doesn't like stay orange all the time but like the way that they end up what they end up doing is actually pretty is is a pretty good way to like explain it away especially because you can tell that thing was made on you know a very small budget that probably did not want to pay for the vfx of having starfire always look like comics starfire yeah either the vfx or the makeup yeah okay yeah what about you alex (laughs) My cry space was uh, after two, two and a half, three months off, I was going back to playing soccer on Tuesday nights. You know, it breaks up the week nicely. Uh, 20 <laughs> minutes in, I turn and then my ankle goes. Oh, no. Then I hear I hear a little a little pop or a crack. I don't, I don't, I don't really know. Um, my friend uh, videotapes the games because then he puts together like a highlight package. And it just looks like I just sat down on the field. Like I'm fine <laughs> one minute and then I just sit. And it's that. That's not my cry space because, you know, I just got to play soccer. My cry space is this app that I've downloaded on my phone. Uh, redownloaded because in the year 20, 2015, oh, 2016, no. I was really into this. And for, for reasons I don't really know, like, there's not much to this game. Um, but I'm back on the Star Wars Card Trader uh, app. <laughs> I knew that's where this was going. And, uh, yeah, it's... Aww. It's a it's it's a hell of an app. It used to be like one where you would like you know you'd collect cards. It's like mini NFTs, but without the environmental impact. And it's Star Wars cards, I think. I don't know. Um, but it started off, and you could like earn coins and you could play. And then they changed it to all pay to play, where you have to like buy things to open packs. So I'm in it. I am not buying anything, but I'm just trading. And it's uh, it sucks to be back. It's been two days. Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, congratulations. Thank you. It's like Marvel Snap without any gameplay. It's nothing like Marvel Snap. And it's pay to play. (laughs) Yeah, Marvel Snap is fully free to play. There's like, the only thing you can spend money on is cosmetics. But I did get this really nice John Dutch Vander card. Look at the expression he's making. Yeah? I traded that away. I traded away my like Leia, Leia card for him. Yeah. For some reason, they they traded it. I think they got ripped off, so... (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, my cry space is um, I cried tears of laughter because I saw Megan this a few days oh, ago. Oh hell yeah! And it fucking nice. slaps. It's so good and fun. <laughs> I hope by the time this episode has come out that John has seen it because it is extremely fun. And I'm keeping my fingers crossed that they're gonna come out with a uh, like X-rated director's cut, like they I have heard rumors of. Uh, because it would be even better if you uh, got to see more of the kills. They cut away from a lot of the kills because they have edited it to PG-13. But still, I still, we had a fucking blast. Still, like, so much fun. 
Heck if yeah. you make a PG thirteen horror movie, you should be sent to jail. They for 10 they years. did because the movie blew up on TikTok, and so they wanted the teens to go see. So they changed what they were. It was originally going to be like an R rated. Yeah, I think it was going to be R rated, but then they, the, but then I like apparently Universal saw that it was going viral, so they asked if it was possible to like cut it, cut some of the more explicit uh, do, scenes of the violence. So do teenagers not know how to sneak into R rated movies? Is that like did they forget how to do that in the last six years? They've just changed the pirating stuff. It's easier. I I think. I actually think teenagers now pirate stuff way less than like, actually. Yeah, they, they they do a lot of teens uh, use legal streaming services now. Yeah, you hate to see it. They don't. They don't. They don't know the joys of of U-Torrent. The lo- the old ways are lost to them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's my cry space. Uh, I'm really excited to see. I, it I hope you enjoy it. I don't want to like overhype. I but I did really enjoy it. No, like I. I've seen a lot of. I, I'm I'm sure that I'm gonna have a really good time with it. I I, I will probably also be annoyed by the PG thirteen rating. Yeah, but. like I mean, it was a it was enough. Like it, the movie was good enough that I didn't start thinking, man, I wish that it had more gore until like the next morning because like yeah. I was so dazzled by how fun how much fun i had in the theater so that is the sign of a good pg-13 horror movie is that you don't think about it wanting more gore until later. like yeah like but once i was but i kept thinking about it because i could not stop thinking about it and then uh i was like yeah it like would have been better with like with more actual gore so um fingers crossed for that uh e- either x or r rate e- at least an r-rated cut for like video home video release I would love that. Yeah, I mean, it sounds very possible that, like, because it sounds like they had that movie anyway, so why would they not release it? Yeah. No. Uh, so. and, and it's, it's also a very profitable movie. Uh, yeah, it's like, been doing very well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, like, as far as, like, beat for beat, I think it is a better movie than Malignant. Uh, because I think it is just like Malignant is like kind of two thirds of a boring movie and one third of an incredible movie. Whereas Megan is like <laughs> that's unfair. Three thirds. Well, okay, but you got to admit the beginning of Malignant is like not the not the highest point in in horror cinema. No, but I think the twist works so much better because the movie sets itself up as being like this like elevated horror like we're trying to be taken very seriously and failing i don't disagree it, i think it all works yeah. i just it's the same screenwriter right yeah it's the same screenwriter and it's got james wan also who also worked on uh he Mal- directed Mal- yeah he, he directed Mal- i don't know that he directs he's a producer on yeah this i don't one. he didn't direct yeah. this one but um i yeah. just think like as far as like the movie goes i had more fun a hundred percent of the time than i did like just throughout all of malignant so that's why no that that is fair that, that's why yeah. i that's my metric for it being a better movie not that yeah. not that malignant being boring doesn't work for it yeah i'm also wrong james, james wan also only produced Mal- he didn't actually oh i did movie. think he directed he, he that produce it. um yeah i thought he did too but yeah but yeah um definitely uh i hope everyone has seen megan by the time this is out I'm looking forward to it. And uh, that brings us to the end of the show. So if you would like to find us on the internet, you can check us out on Twitter at crying book club. Uh, Please rate and review us five stars on your podcasting platform of choice. Uh, 
that mostly only applies to uh, Apple Podcasts. But you know, like we we need the validation, please. Uh, if you want to find John Luke online, you can find him on Twitter at Mountain Dew Liker or on Letterbox at JL Botville. You can find Alex on Twitter at Alex Hansiak. And you can find me on Twitter at MPandanata, Letterboxd, Pandabore, Twitch, Pandabore, the podcasts, Imagine Me and Yushna, the Fresh Podcast Market. And that looks terrible. And uh, that that's our show. Um, what are we doing next time? Do we do we know? Um, I don't, we do know. I don't remember. Um, but as I look that up, why don't you guys talk about something else? <laughs> uh... <laughs> I'm just gonna edit. I'm just gonna edit it out. So I... <laughs> that's even better. Next week we have the Dude, we... exciting, the wonderful. The next episode will be Swamp Thing Through the Ages, which is going to be a curated. Oh fuck! I need to yeah. list of Swamp Thing issues by our good friend John Luke Potville. Okay. Similar to uh, our Batman kind of, I mean, it's, ages. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, well, this was fun to do. Um, I, I I haven't read a lot of Swamp Thing. I've read. Well, I guess I've read. Now that I think about it, I've read like two of the seminal pieces of Swamp Thing literature. But it's like <laughs> you know, I'm sure there's other stuff there. Like, there's got to be some goofy Silver Age stuff, unless he came out in the Bronze Age, which now I'm thinking he might have. I've only we'll read find out. the one Swamp Thing that we read on the old podcast, so... Excited. Yeah, well, and we will do an issue of that. Yeah, so. I'm yeah. Uh, excited to excited to get more Swamp. Give me some Scott Snyder. We will do an issue of that, too. Yeah, I can't say the exact issues, but we'll be doing a, a one of the an issue, a Len Wein issue, and an Alan Moore issue, probably a BKV issue, and then yeah, definitely a Snyder issue, either a Snyder or a Soul issue. I haven't decided yet. And then, and then, and then maybe a whimsical uh, issue, maybe maybe a weird one, maybe a little a goof. Well, okay, yeah, yeah I don't know. Do that. I, I mean, you're the one doing it. I'm just giving you. Yeah, no, no <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, um, that- I'll be sure to include a brightest day swamp thing issue. Oh my gosh, that went nowhere. That actually went nowhere. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, well, that's the show, I guess. So, uh, bye. Bye. Twenty-six issues wasted. 